assemble. We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Our line. Let's go. Washington, D.C., and giving it back to the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. All right, let's try this again. How do I sound? Do I get a 5-5 five five out there before I continue on? Oh, it's much better. That is excellent. That is excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He is in the captain's chair. He's the helm behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to his line. All right. It is Sunday, September 17th. Happy Constitutional Day. It's September 17th, 2023. And you are listening to episode 604, Vigilance Against Deceivers. And we'll be doing a reading out of Job chapter 3. Right. And as for my daily disclaimer, I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer. I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice, and I do not have a political degree political degree or have had any involvement in any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA or FBI or scumbags over there. And while I am a lawful and member in good standing with the Michigan General Naturalist right i said it a good member in good standing and yes i had to advocate for your participation in your local general general assemblies i am not the official face or voice of the national state or county assemblies I care what you've heard and yes i want to emphasize that i have no affiliations with other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly such as the american states assembly national liberty life force beacon 37 and tactical civics or any other organizations outside the michigan model and I've never participated in any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, David Strait, and company. And furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. And additionally, I am not a part of any cult. And I'm definitely not a Freemason on any level. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own unless otherwise referenced. So there you go to all the Karens and Darrens out there. Yeah, there you go. Okay. 
So first things first, let's into a correction. So I did a show on Saturday. Uh, Destry gave me a text today. And you know how I roll, guys. If I say something or did something that, uh, you know, um, isn't completely correct, or maybe we learned something new, right? Because that typically happens. I will always correct the right ego here, and there's no... Uh, what do you call it? There's no ego here and there's no, um, I forgot what the other word is that I always say, but that's all checked at the door. Okay. Um, complete pie over here. So Destry sends me a text. He goes, Oh, by the way, on your last show where you mentioned sign die, that is only possible if, um, if there is a closing of the meeting, 1861 was simply vacated and left open until 2010 when MGJA adjourned it properly a reconvene date. So my response was, oh, okay, so so technically it wasn't signed out. He says, correct. So basically what he was saying is the key here is there was no adjournment. So it cannot technically be signy die, right? Which means there was no date set to reconvene. In order for a meeting uh, for Continent Congress to have a, a signy die status, they would actually have to adjourn without setting a date. See, what they simply did, uh, as far as to our knowledge, 11 walked out and just left it vacant. So they didn't really adjourn it. They walked out. Therefore, they did not have a quorum to close it out. So it was left open this whole time, which is one of the reasons or the reason why uh, Lynn uh, wrote that General Order 100 which again stated until the people return to self-governance. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what the real, you know, what the actual uh, corrected, you know, there uh, is. So I misspoke and only because, again, was more information where, you know, learned. And so that was a correction there that I wanted to make sure I made on the record regarding this past Saturday show. So there is that. Another thing that I was reading, uh, somebody was informing me here that another little tidbit of signs that things are happening, you know, now this is a text from somebody in a group thread that I have. They said that, uh, you know, how arrogant David Crooked is, that's David Strait and company, has always been right about jail. And if people divorce the corporation, they have no say over those people. Well, 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 guess what? Guess what? Times are changing and examples are being made, in my honest opinion. And remember back in April, David and Bonnie were arrested, right? And he was released, but not her. And we just saw that she was sentenced last month to five years in a Texas prison. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you stupid chipmunk. But yeah, five years in a Texas prison. Seems like he may have, uh, he may be having a difficult time explaining that one, right? Why he can't get his own wife when asking for seminar money from people. Oh, I tell you, that just sounds like a very big red pill for the state nationals and status correctors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can laugh at that one, stupid. Chip. <laughs> no, seriously, though, that's a very interesting red unity and a very necessary one because there's millions of people that following that hook line and sinker and are following david Strait and his uh fraudulent bs to hell and back so uh yeah, like destry was just saying right here in the chat his garbage really works doesn't it <laughs> so 
ah, that kind of sucks. That kind of sucks. I don't you know. What do you do? What do you do in that case, huh? Okay. The correction record from Saturday's show. I wanted to make sure I clarified that. All right. So we got that out of the way. Now, before we dig into some of the audio pieces that I have planned here for this show, and just keep in mind, by the way, so I'm going to be doing just a little separate show. It's not even going to be live. It's uh, That's where I'm going to be doing the rest of uh, the reading of, and I'm going to do it still in snippets, right? Little pieces. So they might be only just a 10 minute recording uh, each day uh, where I will go over the rest of the Magna Carta. I did not forget it, but there's just so much to go over and so much. I don't, it's just too much to jam pack in one hour. So um, those are just going to be separate audio pieces that you're going to find. So I'll, I'll read some of the, you know, some of the uh, sections of the Magna Carta, explain some of them, and then, you know, we'll be done with them. So it won't even be, like I said, a full 10 or 15 minutes, just little, little educational segments. That's about it. Right. So I'll be doing that. So look for that at some point too, on top of this show. Now, again, before we dig into some of those audio pieces that we are to listen to and discuss, I believe it's pretty relevant to begin with uh, reading these four verses. Now, reading out of the book of Job, yes, but I wanted to read four verses, verses one through four out of Psalm 83, because I believe it's essential to take a moment and reflect on what's transpiring within the assembly, right? The National Assembly as a whole, okay? And when I say the National Assembly, I mean the various states that are dealing with the infiltration and the applicators, right? Particularly, especially within Michigan, because we have that active coup that's taking place still. Yeah. So keep in mind that the MGJA, okay? Keep in mind, important note, that the MGJA has been adjourned properly of 2024 just fyi putting that out there on the record now just as a reminder those who have been receiving fraudulent emails with declarations of this that and the other from what we perceived as the mgja take caution take caution and please be advised as you have been warned and i'm only saying that as a friendly warning I hate to say good people good men and women who want nothing more than to have the best interests of this country finally be released on the people, right? Freedom, true freedom. So be careful who you get to. I'm just telling you, be very cautious. So let's get into Psalm 83, verses 1 through 4 for a second. It says, Oh God, please. Now, again, this is from the 1599 Geneva Bible, but it says, Oh God, please do not remain silent. Do not turn a deaf ear and do not stand a loaf. Oh God. Look at how our enemies growl and how those rear their heads. They craftily conspire against our people, thoughts against those who hold dear, and they boldly declare, let us destroy them as a nation so that the name of our heritage is forgotten. Now, this again is from Psalm 83 verses 1 through 4, and it's from the 1599 Geneva Bible. Now, in simpler terms here, this basically means, this passage means, um, this passage is a heartfelt prayer to God, right? Asking him to not ignore their pleas for help. Uh, the psalmist that's praying here is really worried about seeing, right? They're seeing their enemies becoming more aggressive. They're seeing their enemies plotting against their people and what they hold dear. 
kind of like what we see right now with these infiltrators, right? And they are essentially asking, right? The psalmist is essentially asking God to protect them from those who want to harm their nation and erase their heritage. It's overall, it's a plea for divine protection and assistance in times of trouble. Now, what we are witnessing is a group of individuals attempting to undermine the law of de jure Republic of the United States of America. They seem to genuinely believe that they have a chance of not only dismantling the General General Assembly in multiple states, not just Michigan, multiple states, but they think they have a chance at toppling the entire nation from within. That's right. And they assume that we are oblivious to their deceitful agenda, even as they try to deceive good members across this country. Well, I tell you what, that's going to be a great big fail. And their previous strategies to divide and disrupt the assembly have proven to be hampering our progress in addressing essential tasks and progressing forward with more pressing business. And, and listen, I firmly believe that they are bound to fail once more again for the umpteenth time. And it's simply, it's really amusing, right? When individuals like these miscreants and reprobates attempt to destroy something much larger than themselves. I mean, how do I even say it? Perhaps they forgot the sheer magnitude, right? And the support behind this movement, right? Where the 21 requisitions to the military were originated. I, I think they quickly forgot about that, honestly. And, and I think furthermore, they, they actually are ignorantly unaware or possibly turning a blind eye to the fact that the military is indeed executing these 21 requisitions that was put by forth, you know, by who? Oh yeah, that's right. The majority of the people in the General Assembly, but I'll be damned. It seems like they forgot all about that. And see, here's the thing. The same group of reprobate of miscreants who acted unbecomingly against the lawful members in good standing, by the way, within the MGJA. I'm just saying, none of this is secret, okay? It's all put out in public purview. So FYI to all the little ankle biters, that's part of the, you know, little, uh, you know, little, you know, little reprobate crowd. This is all put in the public purview. Everybody already knows about it. So you can just take your Karen, you know, you and just go sit in your corner and cry, suck your thumb, okay? But, you know, they basically went against the lawful good members in good standing with EMGG, the MGJA, and they forth an unlawful, an unlawfully represented declaration of obstruction of a lawful process. Yes, I also posted that, that reprobate fraudulent document on Telegram, if you care to go take a look. And it, they have distributed this crap out among many state assemblies, communication secretaries across this country. That's right. And the individuals responsible, and by the way, in case anybody's wondering, they're like, oh, Jason, are you even allowed to talk about this? Yes, I passed this by a few people, just FYI, to make sure I wasn't spilling the beans on anything I should or shouldn't be talking about. So we're clear. Like I could, I could, I can just feel the heartbeats and, and and see the sweat beating down some people's faces. God, is he even allowed to talk about this? Oh, Jason, ooh, be good. No, clear. In fact, there was some stuff that I had in my notes that I had to delete 
because it crossed that threshold. But anyway, but the individuals that are responsible for this deceptive and false document choose to remain nameless by redacting, <laughs> this cracks me up, by redacting their names and autographs, revealing their lack of conviction in their own cause. I mean, really? Are you guys that stoneless? I mean, it's rather ironic that they seek to establish authority merely through a name only, nothing more, devoid, basically, of any genuine standing. It is only a matter of time before they come to realize the gravity of their seditious and treasonous actions. Just a matter of time, folks. Destry was just saying right here in the chat, they stole my title, figures, they too dumb to they're, they're too dumb to create good stuff. That's right. They they they're they're just using what little they have to make it seem to give the illusion. I'll give you that word to give the illusion, right? Because facts are an illusion, according to a certain guy named Joe B. Facts are an illusion. They're illusory. But they taking whatever little they have and creating an illusion for all the people across this land to, to try to trick people that they are indeed the lawful assembly. That their little playhouse in the backyard is the legit house you want to come and visit. Not the, not the million dollar mansion that's down the road. No, 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 no. Little playhouse, you know, little Barbie pink sided house. See, I, I actually took great enjoyment in reading what and how Destry responded to these reprobate delinquents. I'm not going to read the whole email, but I'll read you know the second half of it. But I'll just give you some of the points in the beginning. Um, but back in 2011, you know, he he basically mentioned in his email. He he basically said to them, he responded to them in this this stupid declaration, right, that they put forward. He mentioned that Schoolcraft County distanced itself from the MGJA, and at that time, they attempted to establish their own state assembly. So, I mean, this is nothing new under the sun, folks, okay? This is just the third time they're trying to do this, right? And not long after that, the Harrison Six-Pack, as they call it, pulled a similar stunt. And so these two incidences... They prompted the implementation of an additional layer of security, if you will, okay, which I'm not going to get into the details of that. But as the assembly foresaw a potential reoccurrence, they felt like, you know, extra measures needed to be taken, which, hey, guess what? Indeed, it has happened with this group of brilliant degenerates. Now, this group now finds itself, okay, uh, this, is, this is part of, uh, let me see here. Yeah, this is part of his email now. So this is what history, the second half of his email. So he says, this group now finds itself in a significant predicament with their, oh no, this is my wording right here. Sorry about that. Um, but no, seriously, though, this is what, this is um, some of the high points still, but this group and all, you know, all kidding aside, now finds itself in a significant predicament with their, what do you want to call it? Their feeble wannabe leader, Joe B, we'll just call him, right? Or so, he goes by Joe Republic on Telegram, just FYI, <laughs> Joe Republic, more like Joe Democrat. And here's the thing. He sporadically attended meetings since 2011 and oh, he lacks substantial understanding of what's going on. He, he, uh, he lacks understanding on the whole matter as a whole. And he went on to mention that Joe should return to South America where he is a national. 
here's the thing. The guy doesn't even own land in Michigan. He can't even lawfully be a part of the MGJA. So you tell me, is that a guy you really on how to do things the lawful way in the assembly when he is a national of another country in South America? I mean, really? It's worth noting that the Alaska General General Assembly, by the way, acknowledges the MGJA's adjournment. Just FYI. So that should tell you who has standing, who does not. And these bots probably can't even put two and two together in realizing who even suggested the six-month adjournment. But that's, that's how dense these people are. And so in a nutshell, you know, this rogue group is not recognized by anyone or any state assembly. Again, here equate it to, would you take a seven-year-old as a serious homeowner who is playing in the backyard playhouse of their parents' house, which is just sitting right up front and it's a, you know, legit home? I mean, would you really recognize that little playhouse as the legit home? Really? There's no foundation, right? It's little, it's tiny, it's plastic, it's fake. You can't really fit a lot into it. You're playing house. That's all you're doing because there's no running water. There's no plumbing. There's no anything. It's tiny. There's nothing. I rest my case. Destry goes on to say that he's actually tempted to post her. <laughs> he's, he's tempted to post a fraudulent little notice just for kicks and grins as an FYI, right? And because, like I said, I've posted this on my own Telegram page so you know what not to take serious. Now, keep in mind that anything rooted in is inherently fraudulent, right? Fraud vitiates fraud. It's akin to the concept of the fruit of the poisonous tree, right? So consequently, all of their role-playing activities, right? They're rendered invalid and inoperative. I mean, point blank, as if they never existed from the beginning. This is called ab initio. Ab initio. It's A-B and then second word, initio. I-N-I-T-I-O. Now, here's the second half of his email that I will read. So he goes on to saying, there are many extremely powerful and wealthy people who will lose it all if the U.S. corporation falls. And I ponder which one of them is behind your actions. I know who is behind the troublemakers in Wisconsin, a particular billionaire. I do have a pretty good idea who is behind your group. She disappeared faster than a fart in the wind when I showed up, and I think we that is. Somebody used to be on the show quite frequently once upon a time every Friday, leading up to the de facto race. He continues to say that we the people will sort out the mess and nail each and every one who is behind this infiltration. And when time comes, we'll put all in of juries. I have a very long list that I have since 2015 last paragraph of his email states let your yays be yays and your nays be nays when one disagrees with something no that's it if one disagrees and objects and busticates, that demonstrates the inability to properly self-govern by being on the same level as the others the objecting and obfuscating is what destroys and is written about in rules for radicals the inability to just vote no without making a mess, you will never be successful at assembly. Even the demon rats in D.C. know this and rarely do it. The other states experiencing issues are realizing this as well. 
and history truly repeats itself. Now, this is the ending, by the way, of the response from Destry's email to the reprobates uh, behind nonsense. I thought it was just absolutely amazing. Just absolutely amazing. <laughs> Hold on a second, guys. Let me let me switch something over here on the Telegram side. Hold on. I got to turn off. Got to do that. Okay, there we go. All right. Um, but I just think it's absolutely just amazing, his response. Like I said, I didn't want to read the whole email because there's some things that needed to be kept silent on there. Or not really so much. It doesn't really need to be in a public purview. But here's the thing, you know, these individuals, these individuals are without a doubt incredibly destructive and their actions have caused harm. Actually, and I could attest to this firsthand, especially to vulnerable men or excuse me, vulnerable women and older members who are less able to defend themselves. These people are aggressive. They're, they're confrontational, you know, confrontational individuals. And I can, again, I can attest to that as a firsthand witness. These are the skunks who have not only verbally, but sometimes even physically, on a mild sense, assaulted honorable men and women within the assembly. Yeah. Here's the thing. Their moral bankruptcy and lack of value stand in stark contrast to what good men and women should embody as how to uphold a jural covenant of office, also known as a JCO. These reprobates deserve to lose their JCO deserve to lose it are a disgrace to this country they are seditious they are treasonous and yes you will be lined up in front of a grand jury enjoy yourselves you're lucky i cannot be impaneled on that grand jury as i am one of the ones who has dealt with your nonsense Again, these individuals, unfortunately, deceived me for a considerable It was only through deep discernment, prayer, and the insightful guidance of my own beautiful and intelligent wife that helped me open my eyes to true nature. And I've talked about this in the past, right? See, here's the thing. This is what I did. I observed, I took notes, and I continued to watch silently, fully comprehended their involvement in their dangerous coup unfolding in Michigan. And it pains me, it pains deeply to witness what has transpired. And I am profoundly disappointed to have been deceived by those that I actually once trusted. But thanks to the divine intervention, I have seen the light and covered the truth about what these reprobates are really doing. So I say all of that to say this. As might be wondering, Jason, where the hell are you going out with this? Okay, this is where I'm going out with this. Exercise extreme caution in curating your circle. Potential lower level disposals of the deep state who are and can be enticed by power and control, potential elevated statuses, promises of quid pro quo arrangements, as well as hefty sums of money to undermine the efforts and advancements of the general general assemblies. You see, here, folks, I know you know this money has a very extraordinary influence, particularly the right. And it drives people to forsake their morals, forget God and Jesus Christ, and succumb to the insidious tactics of Satan. Be cognizant of the tools of evil employed to undermine the righteous endeavors of those striving for freedom of God's people. That's right. See, you better understand one thing. This battle, 
This battle extends far beyond individual capacities. It's a monumental struggle, but one that we will endure in triumph as we press forward at the side of our Father in heaven. You better believe that. You bet your freaking silver coin on that one. Not that worthless fiat piece of paper. And let me be absolutely clear about why I'm saying all this. It's coming straight from my heart because I genuinely do not want to see bad things happen to good people. All these people want to do, just like, and I hate to say it, even the people who are the status correctors, all they want is their freedom. They just want to, you know, they just want to live in a great nation. They want to somehow get back to self-governance. They want to be sovereign. They want to be left alone. I get it. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who are deceiving Lots and lots and lots of people. That's the fog of war. And on my own shows and in private talks with close friends, I've said it. I love this land. I love this country. I love America. And I appreciate the people who represent it. But there's one thing I can't stand or respect, and that's a government, a de facto government, like a royal crown in disguise running the show behind the scenes like the Wizard of Oz. Absolutely not. Now, here's what I can get behind. And I believe many of you, too, will also get behind this. I can get behind good people, good men and women of this country, right? I just want to live free without a government weighing us down with endless taxes. They just to breathe easy without that constant burden. More importantly, we want to be able to make sure that our children are safe from these scumbag pedophiles who traffic them worldwide, internationally. Forget about money. I want to make sure our children are safe and sound from these scumbags. More importantly, I want to make sure that God gets instituted back in the public square everywhere around this country again. Make God great again, right? In public, not just in closet war room prayer rooms public so that's enough of that for a second so what we're going to do before we get into the reading we're going to delve into some intriguing audio segments each revealing different layers of deception right that have affected our nation's people uh, we'll begin by exploring the absence of certain books from the Holy Bible. There's an audio piece I have on that, followed by the insider expose of the International Monetary Fund banking cartel and how they wielded global influence. I uh, got a video that talks about a remarkable story of a child who at the age of three faced full autism, but miraculously became symptom-free by age six. The key? Detoxification from mercury and heavy metals, uh, which were introduced into a system through, oh, scientific procedures, also called vaxes. And we'll also hear from a certified nutritional counselor who basically dives into the detrimental effects of sugar on our body. So there's it, it, time permitting, it just depends on where we're at. I'll play some videos, but uh, first let's let, in fact, let's get into the reading first. Okay. Cause I like to get, you know, the reading out of the way some videos here. So uh, the Bible reading again, Job chapter three, this is Job's lament now. Okay. Afterward, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, let the day perish on which I was to be born and the night a boy is conceived. May that day be darkness and let not God above care for it, nor light shine on it. Let darkness and black gloom claim it. 
let a cloud settle on it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into your number of months. Behold, let the night be barren. Let it out into it. Let those curse it who curse the day, who are prepared to rouse Leviathan. Let the stars of its twilight be darkened, and let it wait for light, but have none. And let it not see the breaking dawn, because it did not shut the opening of my mother's womb or hide trouble from my eyes. Why did I not die at birth, come forth from the womb and expire? Why did the knees receive me, and why the breast that I should suck? For now I have lain down and been quiet. I slept then, I would have been at rest. With kings and with counselors on the earth who rebuilt ruins for themselves, or with princes who had gold who were filling their houses with silver, a miscarriage which is discarded, I would not be as infants that never saw light, and there the wicked cease from raging, and there their weary are at rest. The prisoners are at ease together. They do not hear the maker, master. The small and the great are there, and the slave is free master. Why is light given to him who suffers and life to the bitter of soul? Who long for death, but there is none, and dig for it more than treasures? Who rejoice greatly and exult when they find the grave? Why is light given to a man whose way is and whom God has hedged in? For my groaning comes at the sight of, the, of my food, and my cries pour out like water. For what I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet, and I am not at rest, but turmoil comes. That is the reading of Job chapter 3. Wow. Wow, that sounds like a man in deep distress, in pain, agony. Wow. <laughs> that I mean, can you even imagine? See, Job is unquestionably a man who experienced unimaginable suffering, despair, probably more than I think anybody can really, really comprehend. And Job's words really resonate. They, re or at least they should. They resonate through the ages, reminding us that life's trials and tribulations are part of the human condition. We weren't guaranteed peaches and cream of a day each and every day, right? Roses and rainbows. But see, in the midst of his plan, Job's journey offers us very valuable lessons for our own lives that we can carry out today. See, Job's cry begins with a profound longing for the day of his birth to be erased from history, right? He speaks of darkness. Uh, he speaks of the clouds and blackness looming on the day that, you know, he considers that fateful day, right? And many of us have faced moments when life's burdens felt too heavy to deal with, wishing that we could just erase or reverse certain painful memories or experiences. Right. And Job lament, Job's lament teaches us the importance of acknowledging our pain and sorrow while allowing ourselves to grieve and seek solace. But amidst his despair, Job questions the very nature of his existence. Right. Why was he born? Why was I if this was going to happen to me? Right. Because it's a question that often echoes in our minds when we face hardships. Why even put me here on earth, God, if you're just going to let me go through this trouble in this agony? Why? Why? Right? Because, again, Job's story reminds us to seek meaning in our struggles. Jason, that's not very easy to do. I know. I get it. I struggle with it, too. 
But again, we need to try to do our best to find purpose even during those darkest hours. And it's challenging, right? It challenges us to remember that life's trials can be, you know, we may not see it at the time, but, you know, we need to remember that a lot of trials in our life can be opportunities for growth, resilience, and spiritual awakening, right? Character building. And so Job's words also touch upon the universal human desire for relief from suffering. You know, I mean, he, he basically says, I want death. He's longing for death, for rest from his anguish, right? I mean, this yearning for release from pain can be something that we all can relate to at certain times in our life, right? Because it teaches us the importance of compassion and of reaching out to those who are suffering, offering support and being a source of light in their darkest hour, right? Because Job's journey ultimately reflects the resilience of human spirit. And despite his suffering, he refuses to curse God, refuses. Because remember, that's what, you know, betting God, I bet you I can get Job to curse you to your face. But Job still refuses to do that. And again, that's also reminding us of the enduring power of faith and hope. And even in our own lives, we may not face the magnitude of Job's trials, but we can draw inspiration from his unwavering faith and resilience. And as we reflect on Job's lament, let us remember that life's difficulties are a part of our shared human experience. And let us be compassionate towards one another offering support to those that are in need, right? And find meaning in our own struggles. And, and just as Job found solace and restoration in the end, so too can we find strength and renewal in the face of adversity. So in the words of Job, I am not at ease, nor am I quiet, and I am not at rest, but turmoil comes. Let, yet let us remember that in the midst of turmoil, we can discover the enduring power of faith, hope, and the human spirit. And it's my hope for all of you and my prayer, my deepest, you know, sincere, that we all can find strength to face life's challenges with grace and resilience. And may we all be a source of light, right? And, and compassion in a world that really feels pretty dark and troubled in a lot of areas. So that's, that's the reading of Job. Now, let's see what time we got. We got some time left. Okay, perfect. Now, this first audio piece I want to play, I found uh, somebody posted it on Telegram about how, and I've, po- I've, I've, I've shared similar audio pieces like this, but, you know, with the Bible, we know that there is more books than the 66 Version 73, if you've got the New American Bible Revised Edition, but we know there's more books than what we are given. Give this guy a listen to. He, he, he speaks very, very, in, he, he talks about uh, some of the books that were found in the basement of the Vatican. Let's just listen to this. Let me turn up the volume here. All right, play. In the year 325, something happened. Our texts were edited and we lost tremendous amounts of information. The Emperor Constantine, in the early Christian church, with the early Christian Bible, had to make decisions. What information do we include? What information do we exclude? And what we know now is that at least, at least 45 books were either completely taken away or tremendously edited into what we call today our Western 
biblical tradition. And when those edits were made, we lost the information connected. We lost the information that tells us the language that speaks to this field. We know the information was lost because we are now recovering the information. That's interesting. I tell you what, when that Bible comes out and all the books are in it with not the watered down version of, uh, you know, what we already have, uh, I, I, look, I, I'll pay whatever amount of money I have. I would not mind paying a good sum of money for a true Bible that has all that has been hidden from us. Can you imagine the kind of information that has been kept from us? In additional scriptures, I mean, I, I I can't even fathom that. But I, I just I keep thinking about that. I hope this comes out sooner than later. I would love to read some of the text from us. Now, now listen to this. Now again, here is a an employee, a former International Monetary Fund employee. He spills the the IMF banking cartel influenced and ruled the world. This is about eh, fifty five seconds. Give this a listen to. This was not a conspiracy. It was just a known thing, meaning the government of Zaire had to place IMF officials in its government, in the treasury, in control of the economy. And we would shape the economy usually to do two things in the tropics. We would focus on industries. So, like, let's get this stuff out of the ground as fast as possible without any benefits occurring to the local population. In fact, we'd often like ruin the environment around them and make their life miserable. And number two, stuff so we would force them to do this kind of industrial scale agriculture usually of things that they couldn't eat that they would export to us for our consumption so we would engineer their society to do this and to be more dependent and in order to do so we would devalue and you basically want to like shrink the economy you don't want the government to be like providing any subsidies to its people healthcare, education no 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 that's only for rich but beyond that there's like nothing for the people left over of course the dictator takes his cut that's what the imf does yeah. to the countries yeah, and that's what the IMF does. See, this is, again, one of the biggest reasons, ladies and gentlemen, why we need to reassemble our states. Again, pay attention to the title of the show, Vigilance Against Deceivers. See, the, the, everything that we're listening to, that we've been deceived, and obviously some of us have learned this, you know, long, you know, far long ago, you know, and some people are just now discovering this stuff now. But everybody's coming, I think, coming to grips with the fact that hey um yeah everything that we've been taught has been one big giant lie and you know on the stability the mental stability of the people that are coming to grips with this uh new information um and how much of their foundation is going to get rocked to, you know we really need to watch out for some of these people because some people are either going to lose it and go off the deep end or they're going to grieve like a lot of us did, and they're going to need some help walking through this because, you know, when you've been taught a certain thing your whole life and then you realize that it's been all false, I mean, that's a pretty sad and depressive, you know, state of mind that you can, you know, find yourself in for a couple few months because you just, you're in just such disbelief, wondering what, how, how, like, how did, how did I get deceived like this? How is all of this a lie? So everything I learned was a lie? How? Destry writes right here in the chat, Isaiah 49, verse 8. For when we learn this and step up. Here's another audio. Again, you know, we've been told that 
you know, vaccines, right? Childhood vaccines. Oh, we're a bunch of crazy conspiracy nutjobs. That doesn't, you know, vaccines don't cause autism. Bull crap it doesn't. Listen to this. The recovery of these kids. That time here again, time to start thinking about those flu shots. Ooh. Also, there's a possible treatment for autism that some say is curing children. Baxter Burley looks and acts like a normal six-year-old because he is. That's why it's hard to imagine that at age three, he had full-blown autism. The same regional center that gave him the diagnosis, the same group of people reversed his diagnosis. Something else that reversed, the amount of mercury in his system. It went from a high level of 13 to what's considered almost negligible, 0 0.5. No longer considered autistic. No longer considered autistic. It's a, a big day. We actually call it the day he lost his diagnosis. We call his second birthday. Isn't that amazing? He was old, three years old, and detoxification and getting out the precious metals, right? And now he's like a normal, you know, functioning boy. I, I hate to use that word normal because what is really normal? But clinically, right, he's no longer considered autistic. That's a beautiful thing. That is a very beautiful thing. Hold on. There is a little bit more to this audio here. Let me shut up and play it. We see children that come through that are severely autistic and, you know, within a year they're mainstreamed in school and out of the spectrum. Some children turn around in a number of months, other children take years. We started with the special diet. We started with lots of supplementation geared at healing his body, helping his body detox from the heavy metal exposure he had. Um, we, we did chelation, missile B12 injections, we rented a hyperbaric oxygen chamber for our house. Self-stimulatory behaviors that we so much of are all gone. He's not um, covering up his ears. We went from the baby who had no language and no social interaction and was lost in his own world to a child who is very verbal and very social. Um, he's very engaged in relationships with everybody in the family. Quinn has a best friend. He wants to see his friend every day. He and wants his friend wants to see him. Are you filming the movie? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and they're following me everywhere. I tell you, that's pretty cool. I mean, that really is cool to see. I mean, really, to see a kid's life come back, right? And he's no longer clinically considered autistic, right? All because, again, his parents decided to, you know, put him on restorative uh, supplementation, detoxing him of the heavy metals, giving him a, right? basically, probably, if I had to guess, the special diet just consisted of real food and staying away from processed junk. Okay. I thought that was absolutely amazing. Destry was just saying right here, Mac, I didn't nuts, uh, carry out heavy metals from your body. Very interesting, very noteworthy. Write that down, folks. Macadamia nuts carry out heavy metals. To go buy some of those macadamia nuts. Seriously, that's that's really good to know. That's really good to know. Um, let's see here. I'm just trying to think of what. I, so while we're on that nutrition, all right. While we're on that nutritional talk here, here's a certified nutritional counselor who can vouch for the absolute veracity of this statement which is sugar demineralizes your body 
It pulls calcium from your bones. It causes osteoporosis. It damages your immune system. It leads to heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, arthritis, throws off your hormones, fries your pancreas, and clogs your arteries because unused glucose becomes saturated fat and cholesterol, which is stored in your arteries, leading to high blood pressure and clots, turns into fat in our bodies. Give this a listen to. It's about a, uh, a minute and 29 uh, seconds. What would actually happen if you completely gave up sugar for two weeks? Let's dive right in. The first thing notice is the shape of your face would change. You would go from being more roundish or puffy to a thinner face, like even with my face. You can see this before and after. It actually was roundish and now it's not. So you'll see it in your face and you'll definitely see it in your midsection. So the reason why you lose fat in the midsection is because your liver is releasing fat. When you cut out sugar, the body is now forced to live off fat fuel because sugar and fat fuel are the only two fuel sources in the body. It's the body always will burn sugar over fat. When you cut that sugar out, you're left only with the fat fuel forcing your body to use up the fat reserves, starting with your liver. All right, the second thing happen, there's four main organs that are going to be affected when you cut out sugar more than other organs, okay? Your eyes are definitely gonna improve. You'll have less blurriness, you'll see better. You see, the eyes are very sensitive to sugar. This is why diabetics develop a condition, genetic retinopathy, okay? Destruction of the retina. That's the main nerve in the back of the eye. So your eyes will improve, the kidneys will improve. The kidney is another organ that gets with too much sugar. This is why you might end up with sugar in the urine or protein in the urine because the sugar is creating a lot of inflammation. Yeah, very, very interesting. Sugar is not really meant to be in our diets, ladies and gentlemen. Look, and, and I'm not saying I am the perfect one that avoids it. Um, clearly, <laughs> clearly, I still engage in consumption of some sugars. And by that, I don't mean I'm snacking on Snicker bars and, and Twizzlers all day. No, even bread. Okay, doesn't matter what type of bread it is, even bread, if it's carbs, bread will turn into sugar in your body. I forgot, I think they say like one slice of bread can even equate to more sugar than what a Snicker bar can actually, uh, than what a Snicker bar has packed into it. Um, uh, yeah, like Coastal Runner was saying here, my mom, she was saying, I've heard this story before. They say that if you eat like an entire box, and this actually really happened, you eat an entire box of Fruit Loops, you could actually go blind temporarily. Um, again, it's, it's, it's not something that would cause it to go, uh, you know, long-term, but I remember hearing that years ago, somebody suffered temporary, you know, temporary blindness because they ate a huge box of Fruit Loops in one city. What does that tell you? I mean, the, the, the stuff that they produce, okay. In these factories, it's not straight from the farm. This is crap chemicals designed by scientists and, 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 you know, beaker uh whatever you want to call it you know a little you know all, you're in a lab this food is lab made okay we that's all this food ever has been it's all synthetic okay uh speaking of while we're on this uh health kick let's continue on with this one now, i didn't talk about this we're winding down on time um but this is why you want to throw away your candles anything that has high levels of fragrance in it listen vast majority of candles are paraffin wax, which when burned gives off the same as certain. So not only are you huffing in toxic fumes, 
but they had to take it to the next level. Scented candles do not have the ingredient list you would expect. Oh, a chemical here, an ingredient there. No, the ingredients for fragrance in candles is proprietary, which means they don't have to tell you. And when you see the word fragrance on an ingredient list, that is legally allowed to contain thousands of different chemicals, which end up being breathed in and then depositing throughout the organs in your body. And most are endocrine disruptors, meaning you're sitting there enjoying Christmas and family time, but your hormones are being completely disrupted. This is why it's best to use organic or natural beeswax. That's right. And we beeswax candle. I think we have a couple of them. We, my wife, she knew I'm not, playing anything that I don't already know. But for those out there who don't really know about this, that's why I'm playing this. Now, I bet a majority of the people who come to this podcast, you guys already know this because you guys are very smart men and women out there. So obviously, I'm something you probably don't already know. Now, some of this might might be a little bit new, but this is why my wife away all of our scented, uh, you know, uh, wick uh, plugins, right? Like the Glade plugins. We got rid of the the only thing that we do we want to send up the house is we do simmer pots using real stuff like uh, cinnamon sticks, uh, uh, lemon peels, orange peels, right? I mean, natural stuff, essential oils, okay? Uh, all that stuff, okay? We, we use natural stuff to, to, to create a good smell in the house. We don't use sprays. We don't use Febreze. None of that crap. All that crap is designed to desensitize our senses, number one, but number two, to poison. This is probably one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people develop cancers over the years. I mean, it's just amazing the amount of crap that goes into our bodies, and we don't even realize it. We don't even realize it. Um, here's something that uh, a friend of ours who has a telegram page just posted. I'll tell you what, after seeing this video, uh, and I'll make this the last video. Cause I know we're a little two minutes, almost three minutes after eight, since we're on this health kick. Um, it talks about the alcohol breakdown. Now this is half minutes long, little, little lengthy, and then we'll end it off in prayer. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to lie guys. Look, I got three cans of hard cider upstairs in my fridge. Um, Yes, I'm not going to let them go to waste. I'm definitely not going to pour them down the drain because I enjoy how they taste. After hearing this, I don't think I'm going to be really motivated to want to buy anything going forward again. Because listen to how alcohol extracts the soul from the body. Listen to this. This is crazy. You might be thinking, Jason, that's stupid. That's nonsense. Stop it. No, listen to this. This is actually pretty stupid. Talk about alcohol. One of the most popular activities in today's society is drinking. Whether it's bars, clubs, sporting events, you'll find an abundance of alcohol everywhere. So let's talk about the health benefits of alcohol. If you haven't figured it out yet, there are zero benefits of drinking alcohol. Now, I know people don't want to hear that, but it is what it is. And to anyone who doesn't believe me, just think about what a hangover is. Hangovers are literally your body's way of telling you that it's poisoned. Symptoms include fatigue, weakness, thirst, headache, muscle aches, nausea, stomach pain, vertigo, sensitivity. There's just a plethora of toxic effects on the body. Alcohol is a toxic poison to the cells. Proof right here that it literally destroys your whole body. Now let's talk about what it does to you spiritually. Alcohol comes from the word alkul, which means body eating spirit in Arabic. Alcohol eats away at your spirit and I'm going to show you why. Alcohol is known as an extractor or separator. 
object. Alcohol does the same to the human body, extracting the essence or extracting the soul from the body. As human beings, we are vibrational beings. So here, when the vibration of the human body becomes too low and the toxicity too high due to alcohol, exits the body and hovers around it thus correlating to being blackout drunk. You know when people drink and then they say like, oh, that wasn't in my senses, that wasn't me? Well, that really is because it wasn't you. When you drink alcohol, you lower your vibrational state and you go lower and lower and lower, thus allowing spirits to take over your body. That's why it's called spirits. That's also why alcohol is called the eater of spirits. Alcohol creates holes in your aura. Your aura is an energetic field that surrounds your body, kind of like a force field. It's your vibrational energy. You create your aura by disrupting your energies in various ways through negative thinking, traumas, giving up your power, and consuming alcohol. Alcohol also interferes with psychic abilities. Not only does alcohol affect your cells, but it affects your energy centers or your chakras, especially your third eye, which is awareness, so you lose your awareness. Alcohol makes you entities and energies. When you drink, you become so desensitized and your vibration gets lower and lower and lower, thus allowing bad spirits or negative entities over your body, hence why it's once again. After drinking, you could be upset with yourself for no reason. You could be irritable, apathetic, depressed, even self-destructive. And to people who say drinking a glass of wine is good for the heart, please, you know for a fact that that's not true. Like, share, and follow for more content. Uh, ain't that crazy? Uh, all I can say to that is, dude, I mean, look, I I'm not going to sit here and justify why I drink hard ciders, which only have 4.5% alcohol content in it. But I will say this, this is one of the reasons I don't really like to drink hard liquor, especially whiskey. I've discovered years ago and during my DJing years that when I drink whiskey, I like, and I guess it's scientifically proven too, uh, there have been studies on this, that men are heavy whiskey drinkers, um, are more prone to violent outbreaks and fights. And, um, after, um, you know, <laughs> Having a time one time in Tampa Bay at a place called Ebor City with some friends of mine, a guy that I used to do boat bottom cleaning with, uh, we were drinking whiskey sours all night in Corona. And when, you know, it came to crash at, you know, at our, at, at our friend's house. So, you know, cause you know, we lived like, I think, what was it? Ebor City was, I don't know, about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes away from like our home. So we had a friend that we knew in Tampa. And so we all crashed. Well, me and him, we were battling for who was going to sleep on the couch. And literally, it was a fight, like a fist fight, choke, you know, choke hold. Who, you know, basically, that's what it was. It was just basically a, a pissing match at that point. Say, um, I lost, uh, got choked out, fell asleep. And next thing you know it, I woke up in the morning with a massive headache. I'm like, oh, dear. Oh, dear. But that's, but again, that's what alcohol does. Alcohol is not a good thing. That's why I don't like drinking hard liquor. And I got my mom listening here. She's like, Jason. She's like, it was just like, oh my God, I can't believe what I'm learning. <laughs> Shut up, stupid chipmunk. It's not funny. <laughs> All right, listen, everybody's done stupid stuff. Uh, you know, if my mom's going to sit here with a straight face and say she's never done anything mischievous and, and, and not dangerous back in her day, I'm going to call BS on that one. <laughs> I'm going to call BS on that one. Look, everybody's done something stupid once or twice in her life. <laughs> she says, nope, never. Yeah. And hell is just about to freeze over. <laughs> wait, wait. I think there's a pig flying out in the sky. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Ask your dad. Well, now we're getting into topics we know are going to be impossible. We, dad. 
we can't do that anyway <laughs> oh man the stuff you learn the stuff you learn this is a good thing this is one of the reasons why i like this podcast oh man all right so now we're gonna get into prayer here because it is what do we got eight after eight okay dear heavenly father we we come before you with humble hearts and seeking your love and guidance and your healing touch. Um, we acknowledge the challenges and hardship that many among us are facing right now, especially in today's world. Um, there's a lot of people dealing with uh, health issues and we ask for your comforting presence to surround them, granting them strength and courage in their journey to recovery. Uh, Father, we also lift up to you the special intentions that uh, weigh on the hearts of those out there. Uh, you know their desires and you know their needs. Uh, they may not speak them out loud, but you know, you know them. They are known to you. We know that. And we trust you in your wisdom and we trust in your grace to answer these prayers in your perfect timing. We also pray for those who carry on silently pleading for your help. Uh, may you, O oh Lord, hear the unspoken prayers of their souls and provide them with the peace and resolution that they seek. Grant us the faith to trust in your divine plan, knowing that your love for us is unwavering and timing is perfect. And help us to find solace in our connection with and in support and love we offer one another. And Riata to the prayer. Lord, we give you thanks for the faithfulness that you have given us. And Lord, many are struggling with all the truths coming out. Let your children be ready to minister to those in need. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit to do your will. And we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So I really sincerely hope you all have a great day, great night, wherever you're at in the world. And uh, remember, keep eyes on God. Ask Christ, invite Jesus to be in your heart. Ask him to help you every step of the way in your life. Okay, ask for that transformation. Pray for that transformation. Ask for that restoration. And he'll help. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back tomorrow. God bless. Have a good night. Good day wherever you're at in the world. Bye-bye.
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. forget to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go Joining us here at his line. We'll see you back here next time.